Welcome to the Enter the Kingdom podcast, where our goal is to equip listeners with the tools they'll need to not only enter the kingdom of heaven here and now, but remain in the kingdom that Jesus ushered in 2,000 years ago. I'm your host, Harrison Watson, and in 2018, God called me out from the world for this purpose and many others. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Hey, real quick before we hop into this week's episode, I need to make a correction from last week, episode 6. I was talking about how sometimes in the process of what we're doing, God calls us to do things that A, don't make sense, and B, if we stop to take to think about how they might affect us, we might not do. I used the prophet Isaiah uh, in Isaiah 20 as one example, and then I miss represented the name uh, for the next one. I said that it was Elijah who laid on his side, but that is wrong. Sometimes I mess up uh, for whatever reason between Ezekiel and Elijah and Elisha. Uh, (laughs) Too many E's in the name, but anyway, I I needed to make that correction so that you understand that uh, I'm trying to get it the best that I can, and I apologize for that, but you can read the story about how Ezekiel had to lay on his side in Ezekiel chapter 4. All right, with that, we'll go ahead and we'll get started with uh, this week's episode. Thanks. All right, welcome to the seventh episode of the Enter the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Watson. Today, we got another good one for you. Last week, we spent some time really talking about, uh, honestly, the fact that the, the mission or the journey that all of us are supposed to go on, it's not for the faint of heart. And we talked about the difficulties, some of the difficulties that we're going to face in the process of this. And this episode is probably going to give you a little bit more insight into why that is. Something that I think that those who believe in God kind of don't understand is there has been some belief, and I'm not sure where it came from, been around my entire life, so I assume that it was here before before me too. But for whatever reason, people seem to forget that we are not meant to be a part of this world. You hear the term, we are meant to be in the world, but not of the world. That's not biblical. It isn't. Um, everything that Jesus tells us about seems to suggest that we need to be totally separate from the world. Physically, are our bodies here on the earth? Yes. But people have taken the meaning of in the world but not of the world to mean that we are supposed to be married to the world systems and continue to use them because that's what's been made available to us. And that's false. It's biblically false. There's there's no other way to say it. And I'm going to share some verses with you that's going to try to bring that more to light because honestly this is the one episode or this is the one theme that people seem to get really upset at me about when I when I speak about it but I know that it's the case because I've seen what has happened in my own life when I choose to try to be a part of the world versus when God has called me out from the world, but I, but I actually mean even in the small decisions, right? You know, the opening of this show starts out that in 2018, God called me out from the world. He did. But on a daily basis, we actually have decisions that we have to make about whether we're going to 
be a part of what everybody in the world is doing or detach ourselves from it. And I think that's a pretty scary thing, especially here in America, where we seem to tie so much of where uh, at least a strong contingent contingent uh, of the country seems to attach so much of its identity to the fact that we are American. And, and the truth of the matter is that, that that's not true. You can't both be American and be a child of God. And what I mean by that is, can you be somebody born? Jesus was born in Nazareth. He was a Nazarene. He's Jesus of Nazareth. I'm Harrison from America. You know, the world can explain us in these ways. But the truth is that even though he was Jesus from Nazareth, and I am Harrison from America, he didn't operate as if his identity as a Nazarene was a part of what his calling was, of what God had called him to do. It's the same thing for us today. And as I've gone through this process, let me just give, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. You know, here's the process that I've kind of had to bring myself to. I mentioned in the last episode that Pure Flix was something that I'm trying to watch from an entertainment perspective because I'm trying not to focus on watching things that the world puts out but things that are focused more on the kingdom. And it's not perfect, but it's better. Maybe. We attach ourselves to our phones. Most of us probably believe that we can't even really live without a phone. And, you know, that's a weird thing to think of, of for people who were around well before the phones were, were here. But the truth of the matter is that the entire system has been designed to get you to rely on its system of infrastructure. It's designed to entangle you, to have to obey it, the system that it has created in order for you to have the basic necessities that you believe you need. The idea of a grocery store or a supermarket where people weren't growing the majority of their food, that's a fairly new idea, folks. For most of American history, most people grew a lot of their own food. Did they, did they also have, you know, general stores and things like that where they could get other things? Yeah, they did. But that wasn't like the main staple. What would you do if tomorrow the whole world collapsed? What would you do if tomorrow you lost your job? Most of you would freak out. Some of you might have some savings, and you'd be able to live off of that for a bit, or you think you could go do something else to be able to make ends meet. But the point of, uh, of this is, the, is that the system is truly designed to make you rely on it. It's not designed to give you freedom. And so I'm trying to get us to think about this differently. Not from like a revolutionary perspective or anything, but really trying to think about what it is that we really put our trust in. If you, if you go to church, you hear a lot more about needing money and tithes to be able to bring together the plan of God. And the truth be told, you know, that, that's the system that we're presently operating in. But is it God's system? No. How do I know that? 
because I've read the Bible. And it says that all of this is going to collapse. So the question that I have for myself, and I'm not telling you to do this same thing. I think you should take it to God, who's the one who can direct your path. But for me, if I know that something's not going to last, what is the point in operating in alignment with it? What is the point in putting my entire life behind something that I know that, A, won't last certainly beyond my death, and isn't going to last forever? Isn't that a waste? Isn't that a waste of time? What if we started working on actually building things that, with God's plan that would last forever? That do give people what they need so that they can have freedom and not be enslaved. Now, there's different types of slavery. We talk about physical labor slavery. You could, you know, we can argue about whether the system that we operate in today is that or not. But the slavery that I'm really talking about is mental slavery. I'm talking about a system that is trying to force you to believe that it is the only way. That's the slavery I'm talking about. If you read throughout the Bible, God has constantly worked through the different channels that exist in the day to be able to bring about the things that he has wanted to. And he's had to operate outside of them a lot, too. And in fact, he often does his biggest things outside of those systems to prove who he is so that people know. But the question is, how is God glorified in a system that won't be here at the end? If it was truly glorifying to God, wouldn't it stand the test of time? And if our number one goal as believers is to glorify God, why do we waste our time in a system that doesn't do it? The Bible tells us that it doesn't. It's very plain. And so we're coming to a point now in this season in which the kingdom of God is going to be taking on the kingdoms of this world head on, head on. And if we stay a part of that system, if we rely on that system, rather than seeking God's advice for what we should do and how we should rely on him and how he can provide outside of the system, we're going to be in trouble. You know, the Bible says, come out from her, my children, lest you share in her sins and receive her plagues. You know, that sounds like a pretty big threat, but what God's really saying is, look, I'm bringing judgment on these systems of the world. And I would hate for one of my children to get lost in it and to have to suffer as a result of continuing to be obedient to it, continuing to rely on it. So I want to challenge you there. And I'm going to tell you some of the things that I've had to do. I don't work off of a Gregorian calendar anymore. I try to work off of the biblical calendar. My phone, you know, my computer, my phone, all of those things don't operate with the Gregorian calendar in mind. If you don't know what the Gregorian calendar is, it's the one that tells you the dates as you normally think of them, at least in Western culture. I try not to operate based on the system of time that the world operates on. I've detached myself from it. 
eventually, you know, right now I, I'm on a piece of technology that is afforded uh, by the different technologies that have been built by this world system for a time, but I know that that won't be forever. And I'm not trying to use this as a means to get ahead or to provide for myself. I'm, I'm, I am genuinely doing this podcast because I, I was asked to do it. And I'm trying to share the things with you that God is asking me to share. And he knows where you are. Just like he had to send Jesus, he's going he's gonna to come where you are. Even if that's not ultimately where he wants you to be, he'll come to where you are now. And so I, I assume eventually he's going to have me. You know, maybe it's bad to assume, but I would think that eventually, in the process of what he has me doing now, he'll have me stop doing these things as well. I don't watch the news. You can catch enough from people in conversation. Sometimes God will have an article pop up on my phone, no joke, actually pop up on my phone when I'm not even on a website, in order to show me some things that he was ta- telling me about another night. So you got to understand, like, we think that we have to do something to be informed. Like, we have to stay informed with the world. Do you not think that God knows what you need to be informed about? Do you not think that if there's something that you truly need to know, that God won't do anything and everything to make sure that you do know it? I'm not making that up. I, that's legitimate. Like, I mean, there will be times when, I, when I'm just sitting in front of my TV and then something will just, the TV won't even be on. It'll just pop on to a video on YouTube or sometimes I can't ever find it again. It's like the super obscure thing that I'll never see again, but it'll pop up on to the TV in front of me and it'll be exactly what God's trying to tell me at that moment. Folks, stop putting God in a box. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. All. It doesn't say some, it says all of it. He can do whatever he wants. If he could resurrect Jesus from the dead, do you think that he can't get you the information that he needs to get you when you need it? These things are hard, what I'm talking to you about. Because it requires that you're going to have to really change your life a lot. And now, I don't want somebody to take this and immediately just go do it, unless if that's what God tells you to do. But I think you need to take a look at how much time you're spending, number one, on these things. And, and, and I'm going to tell you why. We're going to get into some scripture here. I've been speaking now for around, you know, at least 15 minutes about this. And I haven't dropped a piece of scripture. So there's some scripture coming. But I wanted you to try and understand before I get into scripture to explain this to you. You need to understand that all of these things are set up to take your attention and your ability to hear God's voice away from you. That is not an exaggeration. It's exactly what the Bible says will happen too. So we're going to start, and I'll put these, make sure you write these down. I'm going to be using the interlinear that I was talking about the other day, and the concordance that I was talking about the other day in in another episode on uh, BibleHub.com. B-I-B-L-E-H-U-B.com. Here's what James has to say about us in the world. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. What does the word friendship mean? When you look into the interlinear, it means 
do not have a fond idea or a fondness or relate well to it. So adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that a fondness for the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to become a friend or wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That can't be stated any more clearly. And when you take a look at this, there's actually another reference. And it goes to 1 John 2.15. And here's what that says. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We need to stop. I'm going to read it again, but then we need to stop and talk about this a little bit further. Uh, 1 John 2.15. Not the Gospel of John. The first epistle of John, 1 John 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him or her. And when you dive into that, you got to understand something. Most of us who take our faith seriously would say that we don't love the world. I love God more than I love the world. Do you? That word love actually mean it's a it's agape it's we've heard of agape love but the way that it's used here do not love the world if you look at what the concordance has to say about it i'm just going to read it it says properly again the word for love it says properly to prefer to love for the believer preferring to live through christ embracing god's will choosing his choices and obeying them through his power. So what's a shorter way to say that? Obey. What is love? It means to obey. And so let's read that verse again in light of that. Do not obey the world or the things in the world. If anyone obeys the world, the obedience of the Father is not in him. They're all the same word coming from agape. Do not obey the world or the things in the world. If anyone obeys the world, the obedience of the Father is not in him. It means actively doing what God prefers. We have to choose it. We have to be obedient to God's call, not to the systems of the world. I'm going to go into what I mean by the systems of the world too, because it says, do not love the world. Okay, what is the world? Let's take a look. It's important to ask that question. What does this mean by the world? It means an ordered system. So it's used, the, the, the word is cosmos. It's cosmos. We've heard of the cosmos before. We talk about that as it relates to the universe, right? But it means the world, the worldly affairs. So do not obey the ordered system of the world. Let's read it one more time. So do not obey the ordered system of the world or the things of the ordered system of the world. If anyone obeys the ordered system of the world, the obedience of the Father is not in him. This verse, John is clearly saying what Jesus also plainly said in the Sermon on the Mount. You cannot serve two masters because either you will hate one and love the other, or you will despise one 
and prefer the other. All right, so we've quoted two disciples. What does Jesus have to say about it? If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. That's John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18. What does Jesus say love is? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Another way to say this is, if you prefer me, or if you obey me, you will keep my commandments. That's what he's saying. If, if we put the same, because it's the same agape word there. And he's saying, as a condition of that obedience, he will pray to the Father, and the Father will give us another helper, that he may abide with us forever. The Spirit of Truth. What's the Spirit of Truth? What's the helper? The Holy Spirit. And it says the people of the ordered system of the world cannot receive this spirit because it neither sees him or knows him. It means doesn't have an, that no means to have an intimate relationship with. But you do have an intimate relationship with him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Okay, he says this in another way, in John fourteen twenty one. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. He's saying basically the same thing that he said in fourteen fifteen. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What is Jesus saying? He's saying that only those who are obedient to him, only those who choose to prefer him and choose to deny the world, they're going to be the only ones that he will manifest himself to. So the more that we're attached to the world, the less God is able to manifest himself to us. We'll speak about this further. I'm going to read you John 14, 23 through 21. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and he will come to him, and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the ordered system of the world gives. I'm adding some words in there. But not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice. Because I said, I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I, and now I have told you, before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, 
For the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. But that the, fa- but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. So that's a lot. That's a lot that we just covered. And I, and I basically covered John 14, 15 through the end of the chapter. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that the reason why you need to be detaching yourself from the world is because we know that the things of this world are make us an enemy of God if we obey them, if we choose them. Yeah, that means the football game on Sunday. That means if you choose to be a part of these things that the world loves, then you are choosing, you are preferring the world. That is what it means. There's no other way to look at it. We think we have to do these things to be relatable. How relatable was Jesus? He was pretty unrelatable. John was out in the wilderness. John the Baptist was out in the wilderness. Dressed crazy and eating crazy things and screaming things at people about repenting and calling the people who were of the order of the world brood of vipers. God called people, and he calls people to himself. You don't need to be relatable. You need to speak the truth. And God will draw the right people to that truth. Do you understand? If you live the truth, it is God who will bring the people that need it. Jesus wasn't sitting on a corner, screaming, at the top of his lungs for people to come listen to him. He hung out with his friends and crowds showed up because of what God had done through him and because of the way that he had obeyed God. That, my friends, is the master plan of evangelism. To be obedient to God, to let God do the powerful works through you that he has through your life. And God will draw people to himself He can do it through anyone. Yes, he gave you specific talents to be able to carry out the mission that he has for you. But he can do it through anyone. And and, and the disciples of Jesus in the book of James and 1 John, and Paul talks about it too in Romans 8-7. And then Jesus speaks about the function of why it matters. He's saying... if. Basically, when you add the two together, what they're saying and what Jesus is saying is, if you don't prefer me, if you don't obey me, you won't be able to see me. You won't be able to hear my voice. And so why we need to detach from the world is so that we can hear the voice of God, who is the only authority in the world. And that's hard. It's simple. Again, it's simple. But it's hard. Because it's going to require that you change everything about your life. I used to love watching sports. I loved watching soccer and football and all those things. I barely do it anymore. I do it specifically when God has told me to go to a specific event. And there have been a few occasions where I haven't. And I've just watched it because I wanted to do it. And I'll tell you, it was harder after doing that. To be able to hear the voice of God. And it took time for me to sit and meditate 
and focus on God's voice to be able to get back to where I was before I had taken that action. Folks, I'm talking about something as simple as a text message that can get you off track from what God's trying to speak to you. Is there any other voice that matters more than God's? If you have a question about that, let me give you the answer. The answer is no. There have been lots of things that I would like to do that I haven't been able to do because of this principle and because I'm trying to be obedient to God. Your life is not your own. And he's not just telling you not to do these things to be a jerk. He's telling you these things so that, especially in this season, when everything else, everywhere else seems to be going insane, you'll be able to hear his voice. Do you want that or not? If you want to go it alone, and you think you got it, and you're good, and you can make it through this next season all on your own, good luck to you. Good luck to you. But if you believe that you truly need God, who can order your every step, the Lord who is our shepherd, who leads us beside still waters, he can only lead you beside still waters if you're willing to be led. And he can't lead you if you're leading yourself to do things and obey the systems of the world and prefer the world over wanting to sit down and listen to, to his voice. So you gotta, you got to make a choice. What's more important to you? That's all I got today. I'm going to read off the verses so that you can go back and study them yourself. Again, I was using BibleHub.com, both the interlinear that they have there for these verses and also the concordance associated with them. But the verses are James 4.4, 4, 1 John 2.15, Romans 8.7. I mentioned Romans 8.7. I didn't read it, but I did mention it, so I want you to have it. And then basically John 14, verse 15, through the end of the chapter. Specifically, we talked about John 14, 15 through 18, John 14, 21, and then John 14, 23 through 31. So I want you to take these, and, and, I, and I please do actually go read this, because I can tell you that this is a tough pill to swallow. It was a tough pill for me to swallow. And God had to beat me over the head with it a lot. And I've had to learn that lesson the hard way a lot. And I'm, tr I'm trying to share it with you so, that you so that maybe you can learn faster from the things that I had to learn the hard way. All right. God, thanks so much for today. Thank you for this message. I ask that you would be able to take this message and that you would be able to show them the things in your word that speak directly into their specific situation so that they can do what you have for them. Father, this is difficult for us because of how attached generationally we have been to the world for so long. And so we ask for your grace and your mercy and your truth to shine bright that you would make it so abundantly clear to us what the way is that you have for us so that we could be set free and that we could trust in you and you alone and that we would obey you so that you know that we love you and we know that you love us and that all of the promises of the Bible will be ours. I ask this of you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless. We'll see you next week. 
Thanks for joining us today on the Enter the Kingdom podcast. If today's message was an encouragement to you, please consider sharing it with someone whom you think it might encourage. Also, make sure to subscribe for free to our podcast and join us every Monday, God willing, as we continue on our journey together. God bless. We'll see you next Monday.